When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash out system that gives you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early, and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a much bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts, free bets, and super contests. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag right now and register for an account absolutely free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, to grab a welcome bonus on the house. The promo code HORN to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Remember, with MyBookie, you can bet anything, bet anytime, and bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with MyBookie, you're betting with the best. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the HORN. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Come up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. It is brought to you by Bud Light. Also uh, brought to you by the Longhorn Big Win on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Got us talking about it, obviously. The whole town, the whole country is talking about the Longhorns. Mm-hmm. And uh, can they keep it rolling becomes the big question as we uh, get this thing rolling on this uh, busy morning. And a lot to do. What a game last night. What a scene of... Uh, Drama and frustration all over the great state of New York, right? You got the frustrated Bills fans who are texting us now. <laughs> you got the uh, Jets fans got to be that frustrated too. Got to be. I mean, you've been, we've been hyping this thing up. We've been following this story for, like you said, like two years now. This is longer than just oh yeah, the, the drama season. with Aaron Rodgers has oh, been forever. ongoing, right? And like I said, everybody loses. Hell, the there was a stipulation in the trade for the Packers that he, if he if he played at least seventy percent of the snaps that they would get a first-round pick in return. So they lose. We all the fans, we lose because, you know, they had them in, what, six primetime games? So you got to watch Zach Wilson and that defense. It's a great defense, but that means it's going to be low scoring and kind of ugly slugfest wins if they're going to win them uh, or dramatic like they did last night in special teams fashion. But still not the headlines of Aaron Rodgers and a celebrity quarterback that we thought we ought to get. So the fans lose. Jets lose. I think it's a lose-lose, honestly. Yeah. That he's out. It is. It's, you know, whatever you're rooting for him or rooting against him, you wanted to see it. Exactly. You, you just, this is what you didn't want. Didn't you, did you just tell me as we were coming back that someone tweeted ahead of the game that this was going to happen, foreshadowing? Uh, the barstool guy? Uh, is that right? Is that what you're talking about? Is he, is, is he a barstool guy? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a guy, David something, David Zaslav. I don't know what it is. It, it, it's at five. The tweet came out apparently at five o'clock uh, yesterday. <laughs> and he says Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles on a rain-drenched MetLife turf in two and a half hours. Yeah, there was a barstool guy who had a – they had like a Jets, you know, they stream, they yeah. live watch the games like, kind of like y'all do for the Texas He did games. the same thing? And so he was like telling stories like, yeah, I woke up this morning and the first thing that popped in my mind was 1999 when Vinny Testaverde, like they're coming off the AFC Championship game, loss, and they have high expectations, Vinny Testaverde tears, tears his Achilles – what is and, going on? Is that, are they Jets fans doing? Yeah, there was a Jets fan, and they're like, "You can't say that. You can't put that into the ether." And he was like, wow. I, "He's like, I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling." What is going on? Yeah, that's weird. I don't know what. Yeah, this is weird stuff. Yeah, so I don't know it what sucks. that is. But hey, I got to say, my friends that are Packers fans, they they were not sad that this happened. I will say that. Well, I, I don't know if they know about the pick the pick thing, but just seeing their you know him not being successful they don't want to see their ex their ex doing well yeah exactly <laughs> uh well at least they got out at, they got out at the right time right is at least they got out at the perfect time 
um, of the Aaron Rodgers business, and now they're in the Jordan Love business. And remember, I always say, uh, E, that it's really tough in sports. At, at, we're talking about an organization or a program in college, whatever, to have three all-time greats or Hall of Fame caliber coaches, players in a row. Steelers did it or have done it, but it's very rare. Packers are trying to do it with Jordan Love following Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and didn't join Love. And I ain't gonna lie, he didn't. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer or anything. I'm not saying that, but it it doesn't. He's not gonna be a bust. It doesn't like he's gonna be a bust. Like some people are like, oh man, that's gonna be a wasted pick. It's like, nah, he's gonna be all right. I mean, he's he's worthy of being a starter. Whether he's a franchise quarterback, different discussion. Playoff quarterback, different discussion. But right now, yeah, he's worthy. I mean, he's he's a starter in the NFL. There's no question. He's he's got that kind of talent. No question. Absolutely, Mark. Let's get you caught up on the news of the morning. It's a busy one, including that uh, drama-filled night in uh, New Jersey. Top Gun. Uh, Lawn and Equipment Rentals bring you the uh, headlines. We start with the NFL. Monday Night Football wraps up week one. And an extremely dramatic night, as we said, in New York or New Jersey. Jets hosting Buffalo. Emotions already riding high on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. Then on the fourth snap of the season, Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers suffered what is feared to be a significant Achilles tendon injury. Obviously a crushing blow to the four-time league MVP and New York's season aspirations. But the homestanding Jets still rallied behind their backup quarterback, Zach Wilson, their defense. They took advantage of four Josh Allen turnovers to steal the win. Uh, inside the five-yard line, trailing 13-6 to late in the fourth quarter, Wilson gave his top target, Garrett Wilson, a chance to make a play. Garrett Wilson, Jets. That kid's amazing. There is no way. He amazing. Got that. Yeah, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football last night. The one-handed tip drill to himself catch. Incredible. Uh, game ended up in overtime, tied at 16. And then their, after a three and out on their first series, Buffalo punted to the Jets' undrafted rookie from Stephen F. Austin, Xavier Gibson. Like Stephon Diggs. Sam Martin corrals the snap. It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Game over. Uh, One other note from the NFL. Chris Jones back with the Kansas City Chiefs. Effective immediately. Disruptive defensive tackle. Read a new one-year contract to end his long holdout. In college football, honors keep coming in for the Longhorns after they took down the Tide this past Saturday. On the team front, Horns named the Cheez-It National Team of the Week by the Football Writers Association. Obviously, they're up to number four in the AP Top 25 this week. Player side, quarterback Quinn Ewers named the Big 12 Conference Offensive Player of the Week. While wide receiver Adonai Mitchell was named the Conference Newcomer of the Week at his weekly Monday media available yesterday Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian praised his team for their resilience and four quarters of intensity and effort on Saturday night but it was clear that now the challenge is to build on the win and keep getting better that one game isn't going to define our season last week what we do moving forward um, you know I think championship teams continue to improve as the season goes on and we've got goals and aspirations of of being champions this year we've got to continue to improve this week and uh, that was the starting point here this morning also from college football, big news on the recruiting front last night. Official word that the five-star Temple Lake Belton wide receiver Micah Hudson has committed to Texas Tech. The six-foot, 190-pound wideout ranked as the number two prospect in Texas. His father played defensive line for Tech in the 80s. With Hudson heading to Lubbock, InsideTexas.com senior recruiting analyst Jerry Hamilton reporting that uh, Texas has made five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo from St. Louis their top receiving priority. Longhorns are the leaders, according to uh, Hamilton, to land the six-one-and-a-half, 210-pound playmaker. Tennessee and Missouri also coming strong. In Major League Baseball, as we said, great night for the Rangers. They pound the Blue Jays 10-3 in the opener of that crucial four-game series in Toronto. And then they sat back and watched Houston lose to the A's. The M's lost to the Angels. So on one night, the Rangers move into second place in the West. In the American League, they're a half game, uh, two and a half gack of Houston. They're into the final wild card spot in the American League as well, ahead of Tampa, uh, ahead of uh, Toronto. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. We didn't talk about, well, we talked about Josh Allen's turnovers, but we didn't talk about the fact that Jordan Whitehead, the Jets DB, had three interceptions. Dude, he was just following the eyes of uh, the quarterback. Man, he is the first player with three interceptions uh, on Monday Night Football since 2007. He's also, I mean, he had seven interceptions going into that game in his entire career. Yeah. 
And he ended up with three interceptions, first player since 2018 to have at least three interceptions in a regular season game. And how about this little nugget? Um, he hit his incentive, all of his incentives uh, in week one for his entire contract. So his three interceptions earned him an extra $250,000 bonus already. He's going to get it. He's going to get it in the next check. He's going to get it, dude. That's crazy. That's that, awesome. That is crazy. So when you yeah. hit those incentives, you'd like get it immediately? Uh, he well, I don't know how it works out for him, but nobody, like nobody imagine, hits like him. You usually case. get it when you hit it. You know what I mean? You yeah, just, yeah. When you hit, you usually hit him at the money. end of the year. You usually hit him at the end of the year. You're not hitting it at the beginning of the year. That's why the incentives are built the way they are. He's got seven interceptions his entire career. They're figuring, oh, if he does hit it, he'll hit it. You know, week fifteen, something like that. Hell no, he should be walking out of HR today. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna have a different Thanksgiving, guys. I hit that incentive, and he, when am I? When can I expect that uh, in my direct deposit, please? So yeah, you're right. Usually, I think it's at the end of the year. But like I said that you hit the incentives at the end of the year. So I, I don't know if you get it when you hit it, or you get it like, hey, we'll give it to you. We'll, we'll get it to you. No, no, not even um, now. I, exactly, because the guys get paid. <laughs> Three picks on Monday Night Football, man, they, I'm balled out. Yeah, they get they get paid weekly. They get paid by the week in the NFL. You only pay in the offseason. You like teachers. You, you you get paid during the season, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So I, I so I think it's in your checks during the season. They put it in your checks during the season. There's some things that you get well, later get, on, like your player benefit stuff, like you are, um, all of your. Um, I don't know all your fees for like the player association. Sometimes that comes back, but that's separate from the team. Like that's uh. Did you ever? Because when uh, when I was doing the show with Mike Rosenthal back in the day, he he told me the story that when he was with the uh, the Dolphins, his final year, that they paid. They didn't have direct deposit. So they, oh man, yeah. So Ooh, they were getting pretty big checks. Big in the checks. They got to go to the take it to the bank. <laughs> he was like, Ballin. "Come on, Dolphins, can we get can we get some direct deposit up in here?" Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that direct, is not directly good. in. But yeah, they probably you know they get game checks. They get game that's checks. Part man. of the preseason thing. One of the reasons mm-hmm. they the players don't want to play in the preseason and the coaches don't want them to play is because they don't get game checks. They're getting yeah. per diem. But the first game checks come in after the games Ooh, are played. And he hit, his, he hit it, all of his incentives in the first That's game. That's pretty awesome. Oh, man. That, that, that check's going to be nice hey, whenever it comes. This says, uh, happiest fan base this morning, Dolphins. Fins There's no up. Doubt. Fins, no up. Doubt. Fins up. Fins uh, up. They, they averaged, guys, they averaged over eight yards per play. The, that was the highest the average in the NFL. The a, I think the average was around four, a little over four and a half yards per play. Something like that. They averaged yeah. eight. Well, and I would say to that, <laughs> Uh, not only did they look great and offensively and won a big game, 36-34. By the way, and that, I thought Cameron Dicker was going to get a chance to be a hero there because, remember, they scored that Tyreek Hill touchdown, the beautiful throw and catch from uh, uh, Tua to Tyreek Hill with a minute 45 to go. Mm-hmm. And you're in L.A., you're thinking, well, they're going to go down the field and kick a field goal here. It's going to be 37-36. The Chargers are going to win this game. Justin Herbert couldn't move them down the field. That, that's where the Vic Fangio defense so the Dolphins stepped up and made a big stop mm-hmm. right there. They invested. They brought in the it. pass rush. They got the blitz home, and uh, Vic Fangio was the difference. And of course, the, the Chargers head coach. I was thinking about this yesterday, Rod, because I just have random thoughts sometimes. <laughs> That's do good. You, do you know that? Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering why are, are the LA Chargers really settled on this Brandon Staley character? No, who doesn't seem to be a really. Why didn't they hire Mike Zimmer? I'm not trying to take him away from the Cowboys, but wouldn't he be perfect for them? Well, with, with, I know Kellen Moore is there already. Yeah, but like they need they Brandon Staley's not up to it uh, with the LA. In my opinion, the LA Chargers. We've seen enough now that he's just not that good. And he's a defensive specialist, and in forty five dropbacks, they couldn't sack two at one time. And as you said, they gave up almost ten yards a play. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I I, I used to be a a, a Staley fan as a defensive mind, uh, but I'll admit I'm with you as a sample size as a head coach. It's pretty clear. His recipe, his formula, Not it just good. ain't working. <laughs> Whatever it is, it ain't working. And it's hurting your your biggest investment and right now the face of your franchise, Justin Herbert. It, it's hurting him a little bit too. And, by the way, the crazy thing about it is they invested heavily on defense. You, I think they are their top five in the NFL uh, in their defensive investment, meaning their salary cap dollars are – percentage of the salary cap spent on the defensive side of the ball. They've invested heavily, so they got players, and for some reason, Brandon Staley just can't get it done. His scheme's not really working there. You got Khalil Mack, who you traded from the Bears. You got the other Bosa, Joey. You've got uh, Derwin James, who's making a bunch of money. Yeah, you feel like you have dudes. Yet, they got dudes and, all And I also place. think the Dolphins are this that good. In a, in a league that in week one, good. defenses were, hey, were way ahead of offenses. 
just kind of by the nature of Man. no one playing in preseason games. Uh, the Dolphins were in rare form, uh, to say the least, with 36 points on the board. But, I picked uh, them to win that division because well, when, when Tua's healthy, man, he was the best. I'm not saying some of his stats would indicate he was a top three quarterback in the league last year when he was healthy. Sure. Well, and Those I, are and stats I, that indicate well, that. Well, Vegas stats. agrees with you. As I said, he's now pulled as the odds favorite with Mahomes to win the league MVP after mm-hmm. one game. Yeah. And if he stays healthy and to the point of the happiest fan base, Patriots lost, Jets beat the Bills, and Aaron Rodgers is hurt. So now, you know, I know it's just week one, but the Dolphins are sitting there going, okay, yeah, all right, we like that. Patriots look pretty average. Uh, Buffalo, Josh Allen is still a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers is hurt. And so we're good. We're in a good place in that division all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk some NFL. White one week in, the overreaction begins, good and bad, around the National Football League. Uh, but right now, ahead of 715, Rod, you know what it's time for? You ready to rant? You ready to get after it? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. I guess first part of the rant is continue our conversation about the Chargers. Third highest investment on defense in the NFL. Third. Contracts totaling $142 million per year. It's garbage. Just paid on the defensive side of the ball. Doesn't include their coach as a defensive guy. Highest paid safety. Third and sixth highest paid edge rushers. Ninth highest paid corner. And they got lit up. And you couldn't get one sack on 50 dropbacks? Couldn't get one. And that oh. hurts, hurts Justin Herbert. Like I said, he officially has made 50 career starts. In those 50 starts, the Chargers have allowed 27-plus points in 27 games. Easy stat to remember. They are 6-21 and 21 in those games. That's not good. When they allow fewer than 27 points, 19-4. and four. So, yeah. And L.A. Chargers has the, fourth, has the fourth most points allowed since 2021, trailing Detroit, Houston, and Chicago. Brandon Staley, I said I was a fan of you, but what the hell's going on, man? Like you're, the defense is crumbling there. I think Kellen Moore actually do a decent job on the offense, but because he's got weapons, the defense though, there's there's no doubt it's an indictment on Brandon Staley as a head coach. All right, let's talk Texas football. We've been praising Texas, talking about how great the win was. It was awesome, and they deserve all the praise. They deserve uh, celebration because that was a great win. It was one of the greatest wins in the history of Texas football in Tuscaloosa, uh, but. Watching the film, yeah. Watching the film, I do have a critique, love it, a criticism, a critique. Okay, observation. Yes, I want to. I'm not trying to, you know, be a buzzkill here, and I'm not trying to hate on Texas. I know because right now the Texas love is at all time high. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to point out things that may come back to haunt Texas and keep Texas from having that undefeated season. A lot of us would love for them to have, right? So that's what I'm trying to do. Um. And I saw this watching the game initially, and I went. I went to go back and track it. So I went back and tracked it last night, and it it actually is something that was a concern. I brought this up actually on the show prior to the season about one of my concerns: things the defense needs to improve on, things they need to get better at, and the secondary in particular has to still improve on. And there's a lot of room for it. Improve on defending bunch formations. A uh, bunch formations is clustered receivers when you cluster them up in some way. Bunch formations are stacked formations as well, where you stack receivers on top of one another. Um, there's also what they call snug, where you put a receiver really close together. Um, there's minus splits, where you put receivers uh, closer to the line of scrimmage near a tight end or an offset wing, uh, which is two tight ends, but once offset and once in line on the line of scrimmage, creating a bunch because of clustered formation. So you get the picture, right? Clustered receivers together in any form, whether that be running backs, tight ends, or wide receivers, we call those bunch formations. And it is tough to defend them because a bunch formation forces you to read and react to a receiver's release rather than reroute them. Yeah, you can't you, redirect them, You right? can't redirect them or reroute them because they're in a cluster. You're just going to get picked or rubbed 
pick route, rub route, depending on if you're an offensive guy. I call them pick routes because I most of them are illegal. Because you're a but DB. <laughs> I'm a Receivers DB. Receivers call them rubs. Receivers call them rub <laughs> routes. Uh, depends on it's like uh, tax evasion or tax avoidance. It depends on what side of the law you're on there. All right, but uh, same thing. It, but you can get you can get picked off, rubbed, uh, rubbed, and then you know obviously you can leave a wide open receiver. And, and there are teams that usually try to zone up that concept. We used to uh, play tango, which, you know, means one guy would take the inside cut, one guy takes the outside cut. Uh, and usually you have one player that will play press on the tip of the bunch formation, whatever that may be. And there are different types of bunch. Uh, Sark loves the tripod bunch, which is essentially a triangle. Uh, the guys, they are the tips of the triangle, and there's always a tip of the, the, the triangle there, and you try to play press on that guy to disrupt the timing. That's really the only one you can reroute the, the other two guys are pretty much going to have a free release and that's the trouble for texas now last season i brought this up a lot and bama last season were really hurt texas with the bunch formations when the bama quarterback bryce young last season was targeting any player re, uh, running a route from a bunch formation he had over an 80 percent completion percentage for tech that was 70 plus percent uh, for iowa state it was upwards of 80 percent too all right, so you're talking about really high completion percentage because you can get receivers open with freer releases, and Texas has a hard time being able to read and react to those route combinations. In the Bama game, again, something that came up in the Bama game, bunch formations, uh, it was the only – I don't know why Tim Reese didn't do more of it. It's one of the only things that worked for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, how about this? So are the bunch formations versus Alabama, they were – they had an 80 – 7% completion percentage when he was targeting any player coming out of bunch formation. Um, and if you go, that was also the two-point conversion. Yeah. Also targeting a player that was coming out of bunch formations. Uh, if you go look at, you, if you go look at total, like look at the last two games, in the Bama game, by the way, 24, if you go look at it without the two-point conversion, you're looking at a 24 Yards per attempt, <laughs> targeting bunch formations. They all their big plays were out of bunch formations. That thirty-nine yard touchdown to Nye Black, whatever the tight end, out of bunch. The forty-nine yard touchdown was a motion to stack. The uh, twenty-six yard on third and seventeen, targeting bunch. Twenty-eight yard reception on third and eight, targeting bunch. Targeting bunch. I don't know why I say Tom Reese should have done it more. He didn't. He didn't notice the trend. <laughs> uh, he should have figured it out. He didn't. Um, and then, so the two touchdowns came out a bunch, averaging like 24 yards per attempt. Texas has a hard time reading it. And if Texas doesn't get home, now Texas did get a lot of sacks and a lot of pressure. So I think for Texas, if they get home, then you don't have to worry about any of this. But the few times they didn't get home, Jalen Milrow, who's not necessarily an accurate quarterback, had really high accuracy numbers when he was targeting bunch formation. So I said, okay, let me go see if Rice had any success out of bunch. Uh, and Rice, actually, 60% completion percentage for Rice, not bad. Uh, but they had a 37-yarder. Remember the David Bender play? That was targeting a player out of a bunch formation. Um, they had an 11-yard reception on a third and four, targeting bunch formation. It got them a first down. Uh, so they averaged over 11 yards per attempt, uh, targeting bunch. So I went back and uh, did the numbers. So you're talking about just so far this season – uh, over 78% completion percentage when a, tar- a cube opposing quarterback is targeting bunch. You're looking at a first down touchdown rate of 64%. You're looking at an explosive play rate of 50%. And you're looking at just a first down rate of 50%. Over 18 yards per attempt. Something to Targeting watch. bunch formation. So like I said, it's a critique. I'm not being critical. Well, Defense no. playing really well, but that's something to watch. And by the way, like I pointed out, it was an issue last season as well. And Tech uh, really, Bama did it first, and Tech really exposed Texas in it. Oklahoma State used a lot of it too. Uh, they didn't have as much success, but they used a lot of it. Iowa State uh, used a lot of it and had a ton of success versus Texas. And you can see early on, uh, it, was one, it was one of the only 
passing concepts that worked for Bama. So you will see it again. I'll watch film of Wyoming to tell you if Wyoming does a lot of it. Even if they don't, they're going to do a lot of it versus Texas because it's one of the concepts that works. I will point this out, though. I did tweet out before the game that uh, Texas uh, coaches need to be concerned and worried about the bunch sets for Alabama because they could run, not bunch sets, but sorry, the empty sets for Alabama and uh, worried about Jalen Milrow as a runner. I threw that out there and I said, this Texas needs to have a plan for it. I went back and rewatched all of their empty sets from the game and yeah, it turns out they did have a really good plan for empty and Alabama, they were three of six. Uh, throwing out of empty formation. They did have some big runs out of empty, three rushes out of empty. A couple of those ended up with first downs. But considering what Bryce Young did out of empty formation in 2022 against Texas, 90% completion percentage, and JT Daniels, what he did in week one against Texas, 85% completion percentage passing out of empty formation. You did not have those types of numbers with Jalen Muro out of empty. And like I said, they used it a lot. I ended up with nine plays that I counted for Alabama um, running out of empty. So they actually, actually more than that, uh, 10 dropbacks. So 13 plays total that they ran, that haven't run out of empty and they didn't really get much. And how about this? Out of the five sacks Texas got, three of them was Alabama playing out of empty formation. So I told Texas, hey, man, make sure you have a plan to neutralize Jalen Miro out of empty. They had a great plan. It worked really well. So I know I, I was a little critical of them defending bunch formation, but I'll be very complimentary of the way they defended empty formation against Alabama. Great job by well, PK and the crew. Uh, it's the insights you only get right here on Ian Rod B because that is something, you know, the, the Texas opponents moving forward are going to be looking for things to try to attack a very good defense. And, uh, you know, just like you just found, that's one that they'll work on. Sark did say yesterday at the Monday News Conference, you know, he, that was one of the things he cited that he thinks they need to continue to improve on is their their coverages in the back end, mm-hmm. uh, some of the safety play uh, needs to improve. And um, that's the goal, right, as Sark just said, and you heard him in the headlines, you know, championship teams get better as the year goes on. Yep. Uh, this will not our, define our season, and we got to build on it because, as we said, that will be disappointing if you can win that game that emphatically and not finish the deal and, and achieve the goal, which is the Big 12 championship. Because at this point, if you win the Big 12 championship, you're going to be in the conversation for the 14 playoff. And you put brother. yourself into that spot. That's yep. just the reality of it. Yep. And you've what you've done by beating Alabama by 10 points on the road uh, in kind of dominating fashion for the world to see, you, you've kind of earned a mulligan. If you do stub your toes one place along the way but still win the Big 12 championship and you're 11-1 and one, or 12-1, and one, Rod, you're going to be in the conversation TC, and maybe in it. TC, you didn't win the Big 12. That's right. That's right. You have a chance. <laughs> earned but, that mulligan. But just like one. Yeah. But just one. Yeah, you'd yeah, like to run one. the table, as you just yeah. said. And that'll be the goal. Coming back, we'll hear from Sarkon Quinn having a clear head the other night. What was in it? What, what worked for Quinn Ewers? And uh, how come those deep balls all of a sudden landed like uh, they hadn't in the past? We'll get to Sark talking his quarterback, who had a heck of a night. He was the National Player of the Week uh, across the country, also the Big 12 Player of the Week on offense. We'll hear from Sark coming back. It's Ian Rod B. Hook him up on a Tuesday. We're still trying to wrap up the crash on the southbound side of Toll 130. This is going to be a Tesla road, and we do have a little backup uh, through there. Also, on 290 past the Wyno Kill, we're checking out the direction of this. If it's westbound, it's really going to be a factor here. Of course, you got all that construction going on there. Uh, southbound frontage, I-35 near 40th, so we've got an injury crash reported there, and so that also is uh, causing a problem. We're also noticing uh, heavy delays on the northbound side of 183 near D. Gabriel Collins. And the other major thoroughfares are really building up in the usual spots right now, so we're anticipating kind of a heavy volume day for this Tuesday. I'm Don Miller. That's traffic. Underdog Fantasy, folks, hope you played along last night. You would have taken a lot of lowers last night, right, as far as game totals go. That's how Underdog Fantasy works. It's a new way to play fantasy sports and have fun with your games and favorite teams all season long. It is a fantasy game, but you can win real money. It's legal here in Texas, and it's a total blast. So you you pick between two and five players in a game like last night. You're going to go higher or lower on the in-game totals. And uh, then you do what you do. You, you sit back and watch these games, and you can win up to 20 times your money with Underdog Fantasy if you go five for five. It really is a great way. If you're not into the season-long management of fantasy leagues and all that goes with it, the you don't want to be in those daily salary cap competitions and how rough that can get, but you, you want to have some fun with the games, Underdog Fantasy is the way to do it, as I mentioned. You also, it's so easy to use. It's easy and fast to get started and play. Sign-up process is uh, smooth and easy. They have a super slick mobile app at Underdog Fantasy. It's the added level of entertainment that you you've been looking for and you have a chance to win some real money while rooting for your favorite players. Build your dream team today. Start with the Thursday night special coming up or into the college football weekend. Head over to that easy-to-use mobile app. 
or go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with the promo code Hogan. That's promo code Hogan. Underdog will double your first deposit uh, from 10 up to 100 bucks. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Hogan. Get signed up before the game start this weekend. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Must be 18 or plus and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concern with your play. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. While interest rates are skyrocketing everywhere else, Diamonds Direct comes to the rescue. Now for a limited time, get 0% interest for five years on anything and everything. Now through October 1st, you get Diamonds Direct's incredible value price and spread your payments over five years with an unheard of interest rate of 0.0%. Nothing's held back. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets. At a time when you need it most, Diamonds Direct steps up for the best offer in the nation. Don't miss it. Get Details, showroom hours, and more at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. On approved credit. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Old man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with Incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Divided Sky Roofing and Solar, your go-to experts for roofing and solar solutions. You've heard me raving about Divided Sky Roofing and Solar's top-notch roofing services, but did you know they're also your ultimate full-service solar company? After enduring the hottest summer in Central Texas history, we all felt the heat in our wallets. Say goodbye to paying the power company and start paying yourself with a brand-new Timberline Solar Shingle Roof. Divided Sky Roofing and Solar. Visit DividedSkyAustin.com, 512-995-ROOF. Texas license, TECL 37397. Hey, what's up, folks? This is your lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Winning season has officially returned, and now that the football season has officially kicked off, there are plenty of opportunities to win over at MyBookie. As a better, you demand perfection, and MyBookie delivers. NFL, college football, and a brand-new cash-out system that gives you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early, and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a much bigger payday. Join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with odds boosts, free bets, and super contests. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag right now and register for an account absolutely free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, to grab a welcome bonus on the house. The promo code HORN to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Remember, with MyBookie, you can bet anything, bet anytime, and bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with MyBookie, you're betting with the best. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. See you Rod B. I'll hook Em Up on a Tuesday, recapping the Monday Night Football game in the week one of the NFL thriller last night. Devastating for the New York Jets. A win, but they lost Aaron Rodgers likely for maybe ever. I mean, that'll be the debate, right? He's 39 years old. If it is indeed a severe Achilles tendon injury, mm. who knows what the recovery time of that is. You know what I thought about when I heard Achilles, Rod, is uh, Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant injured his Achilles late in his career and uh, tried to make the comeback. And uh, that's, that's tough to do at that age. And he's got two years on a deal, but mm. uh, you won't see Aaron Rodgers this year if the worst fears are realized. But uh, man. that age too, though, man. That age where you sit around for that long, yeah. And with thirty, was gonna be thirty nine, thirty nine. He's thirty nine now. By yeah. the time he gets back on Maybe the field, forty. Yeah, and um, you know, Fa- we'll see. Father time. 
undefeated once again. Another dub, another dub for Father mm-hmm. Time. Another dub, no question about it. Uh, it was just, and it was so just deflating. I mean, because it was everybody was so excited to see it, uh, whether they're rooting for or against Aaron Rodgers, and uh, watched him on Hard Knocks, and all of a sudden, you know, there you go, uh, four plays in, down he goes, and doesn't come back. And then, uh, then the Bills can't beat an Aaron Rodgers-less Jets team because their All Pro All Star quarterback was a disaster. I mean, well, I don't even know what football to the other team. <laughs> I don't even know what to put on the uh, that that how to label that 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 can't happen. I mean, you had a whole off season. What was his problem last year? Even into the playoffs, Rod was turnovers. Turnovers. Take care of the ball. He's had. He was careless last night. In his last nineteen games, he has thirty-seven turnovers, interceptions slash fumbles. Twenty interceptions, seventeen fumbles to be exact, and that's. Basically two turnovers per game. He's a two turnover per game guy. That's crazy. That that's that's high it's risk, high football. reward. But yeah, for a veteran quarterback in the NFL, um, man, you can't blame that on immaturity and inexperience anymore. You can't be that type of quarterback and be a considered to be a championship quarterback. Which that's what they're in that conversation. Remember, I I told you the regression. You, I gave you, you the stat. It. No team in NFL history has started the same quarterback under the same head coach for more than five years and seen that duo win its first Super Bowl championship. And right now, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, sixth year together. I'm not saying it's going to be, they're going to fall off a cliff and a precipitous drop off, but I think there's a slide. There's a regression. It's starting. Well, and, yeah. and they, look, the Jets are a really good defense. I'm not going to deny that. I think they're top three in this league with the Cowboys and Niners in that conversation. But if you're the Buffalo Bills, you have all offseason to get ready for this game. You can't hand the ball to running backs just, you know, 14 or 15 times and ask Josh Allen to throw it 41 times. I know the Jets are good up front. <laughs> I mean, but that's – I thought the plan was to get more physical and run the ball a little bit. That's um, what they claimed. I mean, gosh, yeah. Josh Allen ran himself more than uh, – half as much as J- James Cook, their running back, did. Uh, but, again, Josh Allen, if that's going to be the game plan, he has to be more careful because, as you said, I mean, if he doesn't – and you know, as I said, they, they run the single wing last night in the second half. They probably win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the turnovers, four of them, is what four allowed the Jets to to finally come back, get the win. And uh, I, I was going, you know, we when watching this game. If you didn't see the end, or you went to bed after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Uh, the Jets, uh, you know, I thought after another. The, the final of the fumble, he had the three picks to all to the same guy, it's all to the same guy, <laughs> exactly. And then he had a fumble where the ball got loose and he got decked and the ball came out. And that's what set up what looked to be the Jets to go win the game. And I thought Robert Sala was very conservative. This is where a defensive head coach, I think a little different than an offensive coach, he settled for the field goal and to go up 16-13 when I felt like he should have, because he was in control of the clock and he had a chance to go mm-hmm. win this game. Uh, instead, the Bills came back down and, and Josh Allen led a drive, completed four passes, and they kick a field goal, 50-yarder at the gun. That, By the way, ricocheted off the left upright. Uh, that it was, was wild. A too, yeah. Another part of the drama <laughs> last night. And uh, But it didn't. they end up winning. I thought Robert Sala should have been more aggressive. I know, kind of like the Sark conversation, you go be aggressive, but maybe he didn't trust Zach Wilson to protect the football in that moment and uh, didn't think he's ready for that moment. So they ran the ball over and over again and, and kicked a field goal, settled for it. And uh, left them vulnerable in overtime, but they still win it on the walk-off punt return. And that was nice. That was who cool. had that on their bingo? Undrafted card? free agent <laughs> yeah. with the walk-off punt return. There you go. The Jets and Jets being the only team in Week One uh, to come back from a double-digit deficit oh with Aaron Rodgers going down. You can't predict the NFL. Don't even try. It's you know it's a wild, can... wild, wacky script. Can I give you this before we talk some more Texas football? Yeah, Peyton Manning, who does the Manning cast with his brother Eli last night. For and that thing's doing great. Oh, yeah, he's killing it. Well, his media company, uh, Omaha Productions, it's now being valued at over $400 million, this thing. He's got 40 employees now that he founded in 2020. He's going to make more money on this entity than he ever made playing football, this Omaha Productions thing. Smart man. But how about this, Peyton? You're, you're doing this Manning cast. You know, I do one, too. I do that in-game for Inside Texas and the On Texas Football mm-hmm. channel that's watched with us. He didn't. If you go back and watch the video, he didn't remember – 
when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, who their backup quarterback was. You forgot that Zach Wilson was still on their team. <laughs> Might be a point you want to remember. <laughs> Zach Wilson is forgettable. Let's be honest. Yeah, but you got to know who the backup quarterback is on the game is you're calling. Uh, you but, are doing some play-by-play kind of thing there. Well, that kind of make. I mean, it's supposed to be a more relaxed play-by-play. It's oh, like yeah. you know, he's he's an everyman, just like you watching the game. And a lot of fans out there probably forgot Zach Wilson was on the team too. Hey, co- well, if you watched one Hard Knocks episode, you saw a bunch of Zach Wilson. Hey, he's not watching Hard Knocks because it's not produced by Omaha oh, Productions. Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably he's true. He's having a hard time though getting quarterbacks to agree to do his quarterback show. Isn't that him? Oh, he's the that one right? that does the Netflix quarterback well, show. Because he has the Mahomes and yeah, I think he's having a hard Kirk time getting Cousins. getting quarterbacks to agree to do it. Well, they, I thought I thought the reviews were all pretty positive on that. They then. were, but quarterbacks they he had multiple quarterbacks turn it down. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Well, it was good last year, but uh, we'll see what they can get this year. Speaking of quarterbacks, can we hear uh, Sark talk about his quarterback? Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's hear Sark. This is uh, Quinn. Yours is the National Player of the Week. He's the Big 12's player of the week. He was uh, that guy um, you know, amidst all the doubt. Could he be the guy in a big moment? He certainly was. 349 yards, three touchdowns. Could have had a couple more if his guys catch the ball. Amen. Uh, what a game he could have had there. But here's uh, Sark on what he saw on film after watching Quinn Ewers that uh, allowed him to be so successful Saturday night. Um, I thought Quinn was very clear-minded going into the game. I thought he had a really good understanding of what we were going to do and, and why we were trying to do it. I think he assumed his responsibility with a lot of the pre-snap things that we were doing in the ball game, um, which in turn, uh, I, I've been remiss for not mentioning this at the beginning, to go into that environment and to have zero pre-snap penalties, uh, that, that's a credit to our offensive football team. Um, you know, there was no self-inflicted wounds that way where uh, on the flip side, we kind of saw it for the home team so really and a lot of that credit I think goes to Quinn his poise his composure how calm he was uh, I think kind of went throughout the entire offensive football team and everybody felt comfortable because he was but I think that same feeling led to him being technically sound in the game I thought his pocket presence was good Um, like I said I thought there was a moment there Late in the second quarter, and we were a little bit backed up, there was a player or two where I felt like he got a little bit antsy in the pocket um, and, and a couple errant throws. But, again, it's two weeks in a row now where that was the last drive of the first half. We got in the locker room. He kind of got refocused, resettled down, and then went and played a really good second half. So I think that's a lot of real growth that he has shown from last season to this season to kind of recalibrate, recenter himself, and then come out and play a really good second half after maybe not being as sharp as he could be there late in the second quarter. I remember that drive. That yeah. he was referring to. We talked yeah. about it yesterday. It was like one of the only drives where Quinn looked um, uncomfortable. This didn't look like he was. Didn't look like uh, he was dialed in. Some of the throws were a little bit off. One JT Sanders was a little low. The uh, one to X Man was a little high. That was probably about it for him being off. Yeah. In that game. I mean, that was that, that's probably the only drive I can remember where he looked a little off and looked a little rattled. And I don't think it was anything that Bama actually was doing necessarily. Uh, they were backed up, and I don't know, for some reason, he, uh, he just didn't have it on that, that drive. But most of that game, we saw the best version of Quinn Ewers we've seen at Texas and give Sark a ton of credit because Sark uh, had a in a marvelous game plan. I mean, it was a even more I watched it, the more I liked the game plan that he had to get Quinn Ewers in a rhythm, to get him in a groove, to get him confident. And then once Quinn Ewers' confidence started to, and we all saw it, once it started to grow, once we saw that, that confidence um, start for him, start to become a factor um, with him and then the comfort level, uh, I thought he really played himself into being right. Like now he's saying he's a Heisman contender. He was a Heisman contender before the season started, but now I think a a real one. I think people are now looking at him potentially uh, to be one of those guys. And it all started with that deep ball connection, which he had been searching for. Was one of fifteen on his last fifteen deep balls prior to that Texas Bama game, and that deep ball connection to Xavier Worthy. By give Sark a lot of credit because he was stubborn uh, in that second quarter because he threw three of those deep balls in a row and finally connected on the third one. Here's Sark when he was asked about how he felt about the deep ball connection in that Bama game. Well, I, I think the, one of the keys was I thought Quinn, A, the look was there. 
right? Uh, it's one thing just to run guys deep, but if he's double covered and things. So I think we got the coverages that we were looking for. Um, I think the receivers ran the routes and then ran them in, in to the spot to where they were supposed to be. And there was consistency in the route running uh, as we ran them in practice so that they knew the spot on the field where that ball would be thrown. And then I think the third component was Quinn put nice air on the ball, and he allowed the receivers, both those guys, to adjust to the ball in the air. It's very difficult for a receiver to adjust to the ball when it's flat down the field. That, that, that's, a, that's a tall task, especially when it's back over your shoulder. But when there's air on the ball, now they can track it and they can adjust to it. It's like, it's like playing center field, right? And the ball's hit to deep left center. You know, the flatter the ball, the tougher it is to gauge that angle. The higher the ball, the better they can gauge it and go track it and go make that play. So I think those three things combined, we got the coverages that we were looking for and it was the right read. Two, the consistency in the route running from practice to the game. And then three, uh, the air underneath the ball to allow them just to go get it. Yeah, give Star credit for being persistent with it too. Well, and then setting it up, as you talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. and you talked about the game plan. By the way, that drive that you were speaking of was right at two minutes to go in the first half. And the, the goal was there because they were coming off their goal line. They were at their nine-yard mm-hmm. line. And the goal was to try to get a couple first downs and not have to punt the ball back to Alabama before the end of the half. And they C.J. Baxter ran off right side for one yard. And then an open, you know, J.T. Sanders across the middle, he threw it at his feet. And uh, that was some bad footwork. And then he he missed Quinn Ewer, uh, Xavier Worthy on a, on a short pass, too, a little high. Yeah. And, that yeah, that was the one series where he looked, yeah, that looked like a little bit of uh, old Quinn Ewers. Other than that, he was absolutely locked. And to your point on the game plan, you know, to, to make X-Worthy such a factor early, which you predicted he would do, to make force Nick Saban's hand, that, man, we got to roll coverage to, to, to uh, Worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw him. He caught five balls for 75 yards in the first half, but they did the end around to him, that reverse that could have gone to the house, man. Yeah. Uh, he could have. Oh, he, yeah. Remember that? Where if he takes it to the outside, Ooh. JT Sanders uh, has the ha, – yeah. I mean, that was one where, where when, when Xavier came around the right that. side. It was nobody out there. <laughs> well, well, except for his – yeah, J.T. Sanders and, and Christian Jones lead blocking. And one guy was Terry Arnold, I think, in the and, corner for Bama. And, and Jatavion Sanders had him blocked off, you know, come around my right side, and I got him. And Xavier cut back Inside. in. And that allowed him to miss the block because he thought he was going to come behind him because he saw Christian Jones ahead of him. That goes to the house. And we also know X-Man, you know, dropped a touchdown pass two in the first half. He was on the way to having a huge first half if he would have caught the ball and, and ran through the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he made him a factor. And I think to – the deep balls, Rod, that, that forced Nick Saban to say, man, we got to roll some coverage here. And that's when, well, guess who blows up? Donnie Mitchell, J.T. Sanders, the math equation. They just can't handle all of it. No, I, I, uh, I'll go back and look at those big plays, but I remember several of the big plays uh, to A.D. Mitchell and to J.T. Sanders with the secondary uh, either rolling coverage to X-Men or them straight up bracketing X-Men. So there was definitely a decoy effect. Yeah, uh, like you just brought up with X Man late in the game, so I'll, I'll give Sark a ton of credit for that. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this offense, and now their teams are going to be deciding: okay, who am I going to double? Who am I going to roll covers to? Is it going to be Ad Mitchell? Is it going to be X Man? Is it going to be JT Sanders? Can't roll coverage and can't double and bracket all those guys. You got to pick two guys to do that with, and even if you do that, then that's going to leave the the run game wide open because you're not going to be able to stack the box at the same time. It is truly a mathematical equation that defenses cannot solve, and as long as you make the right decisions, and that's Sark and Quinn, um, you know, like right coverage and make the right call, it's going to be really tough for well, defense to stop Texas offense. Something we talked about all offseason. He's got to be a point guard, and he's got a mm-hmm. high-level arm, so find the mismatch and deliver the ball. And that's what he did the other night to a very, very high level. And Quinn Ewers was the National Player of the Week. We'll come back. When we do, we'll do a little bullish or BS. The uh, the big thing, what are we bullish on after one week of the NFL? And what do we call him BS on? Also, college football after three weeks of college football action. Uh, and we'll hit that coming back. Also, more on the Longhorns' big win. Now turning their attention to Wyoming, opponent number three here on Ian Rod B. Top outside of I-35 near 183, a reported crash there. We're not seeing anything but the usual delays going down from a breaker lane through there, so hopefully that's a false alarm. Uh, coming out of Round Rock, Georgetown, slow traffic, of course, on the interstate, and then uh, northbound, almost a steady stream of delays from Kyle uh, to the downtown area, so not many breaks there. Northbound, 183, D. Gabriel Collins to Highway 71, slow and westbound on Highway 71, Garfield to Tola 30. In fact, in front of the airport, uh, things are uh, pretty solid as well. 
Airport Boulevard. This is going to be near Springdale Road, a reported crash there. Southbound frontage I-35 near 40th, trying to wrap up a wreck there. I'm Don Miller. That's traffic. Hey, what's up, folks? Lifetime Long One Rod Babers here. Uh, we know Austin is a beautiful city, and one of the reasons for that aesthetic beauty is our good friends over at Iron Workers Local 482. They've been helping shape Greater Austin for a long time, since 1935, and you see the labors of their love all over this great city in iconic, exquisite landmarks like DKR Stadium and, and the Pittybacker Bridge. And as the city continues to grow and thrive, so does Iron Workers Local Union 482. They don't go to the office, they're the ones who build the office. So if you're looking for an exciting new career, you can become a valued member of this prestigious organization, Iron Workers Local 482, and accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself while helping shape Austin's economic development. Right now, they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas, and you can become a member of Iron Workers Local 482 and take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that helps shape the future of our great city. So maximize your potential today and be your best self. Simply go online and apply at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Increase your vehicle's performance and gas mileage with Lucas Fuel Treatment at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply add it to your tank at your next fill-up to eliminate carbon and varnish deposits. Get two bottles of Lucas Fuel Treatment for $10, plus two times O Rewards points. See your O'Reilly Auto Parts store for details or shop online at OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Texas' best Hyundai dealership just got better. It's the ultimate grand reopening of Round Rock Hyundai. Happening now. A complete remodel inside and out. Exclusive customer lounge. Special Hyundai factory program vehicles like a new Santa Fe and Incentive. All backed by America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Plus owner assurance. Based on total package of warranty programs. Terms and conditions available. See dealer for details. See dealer for limited warranty details. See you at Round Rock Hyundai. 2405 North I-35 and roundrockhyundai.com. It's the perfect time to transform your home or business with fresh new color. The team at Certipro Painters of Greater Austin handles every detail, worry-free from start to finish. Certipro Painters is the painting service you can rely on here in Austin, whether painting inside or out. John Bunnell and his team are ready to protect and beautify your space with a fresh coat of paint. Go with the pros at Certipro Painters of Austin. Get your painting project started today at Certipro.com. That's Certa with a C. Hey, it's E. Hogan for Brain Vault. Brain Vault is patented technology based on proven science that helps protect athletes and reduce the risk of concussions. You heard me right. Brain Vault has used their technology for the past eight years with roughly 100 NFL players with no concussions reported. Brain Vault has now taken their technology used in the NFL and developed a retail version of their mouth guard. So now your athlete can have the same level of protection that NFL players have. Simply visit BrainVault.com. Learn more about this next level of protection. BrainVault.com. Join the movement. Hey, Longhorn fans, I want to tell you about some of the best Longhorn apparel you can find. And you can find it at the University of Texas Co-op. It's the 40 Acres Collection that offers exclusive and custom-designed apparel for the whole family. It's gear that gives back. 40 Acres has made a financial commitment to the University Co-op Course Materials Scholarship, which gives free course materials to Longhorn students. And every penny of profit from the Co-op goes directly to the Course Materials Scholarships. The Co-op thanks 40 Acres for expanding the scholarships this academic year. So get on by the University of Texas Co-op. Get geared up with the new 2024 collection of 40 Acres Apparel. Hook them. The Horns text line is brought to you by Specs. Specs Wide Spirits and Finer Foods. You're on the way. Less to pay. Everyday store. Cheers to savings. Bullish or BS. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. 
It is bullish or BS. Longhorns bullish on the recruiting trail, but props to Texas Tech. They pick up Micah Hudson, commitment from the uh, Temple Lake Belton wide receiver, five-star kid. Father played football at uh, Texas Tech in the late 80s, was a defensive lineman, so there was some uh, certainly ties there. And Joey McGuire did a great job on the recruitment. Longhorns are putting their bullish attention on Ryan Wingo, mm-hmm. the five-star receiver out of St. Louis. And according to our buddy Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas, Longhorns are the leaders for the five-star. And obviously nice. that win like over that. Uh, Alabama Saturday night put them in a bullish position on the recruiting trail. And I'll say this. Can I say one on a bullish side while you recruit to the finish line, Rod? Mm-hmm. Recruit to the tape. Recruit to the tape. Ethan Burke and Anthony Hill Jr. were both big-time performers the other night. Both uh, you know, committed to the Longhorns on signing day. Late flips. On signing day. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Burke out of Westlake has said, I didn't hardly get recruited until the day of. Like they, they, they Remember, he had been committed to Michigan. Ethan Burke, and on the day of, he finally got a call from A.J. Milwee and said, we have a scholarship for you. Would you like to play at Texas? And he said, absolutely. Uh, he didn't want to leave that's home. That's wild. Yeah, to the tape. And Anthony Hill, of course, was recruit, was committed to Texas A&M up until the well, tape. It took him so long. Right. Well, you on know. On Ethan Burke thing. Uh, I mean, he was right well, I here. think they were waiting on someone else, and it uh, didn't go their way, and okay. he was the next on their board. And I think they felt like they could get him. I think they it was one of those was Michigan, right? He was committed. Yeah, to? but uh. it was one of those that they, that he had it in the, they had it in their pocket if they wanted it. He was I only think. a three star out of high school. Yeah, that there because he was a, he was a lacrosse player, lacrosse player. who only yeah. t- t- came to football. So he, so the, I think the Longhorns were hopeful on a different one, and then you know with lo- good good fortune, right? But you recruit to the finish line, uh, and the those two guys were hugely impactful on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. One a freshman, true freshman, one a. Uh, a redshirt freshman. Yeah, Ethan Burke is uh, yeah, he's becoming a star. He really is. He is. What a player. What a start I, to his I career. Should have. I can say he should have like four sacks. Yeah. Missed a sack in the Rice game. Got one, but missed one. And in this game versus Alabama, they credited him with a tackle for loss. But I watched it again. That should have been a sack. It was in the pocket. Yeah. yeah. So where he started, he like tuck, he like barely tucks the ball, and they called him the runner. I guess he's got two and a half on the year. Yeah, and they, he could have three, he should four, have four. Honestly, missed one against Rice. He had a rough start. That's one of the main things I noticed at the start of the Alabama game was he was. You know, oh yeah, he lost contain. A little, a little too amped up. Yeah, he lost contain a couple of times. But that's, I mean, he. I well, thought that's he was a rod. Great. That's what you pointed out all day yesterday. Yeah. Of all the guys who made some early mistakes who then flourished late. That's that's the uh, redemption, right? That's the mm-hmm. the toughness of a team that that is playing together as Very one and high football character to be able to do that. Hey, can I ask you a bullish or BS question, Ron? Give it to me. The Pac-12 currently has seven teams ranked in the top 25, six in the top 18, three in the top 10. It's crazy. It's going to be the greatest year ever for the Pac-12, and it's their final year. It's their final year. <laughs> is there a team you see that can run the table in that gauntlet? Because, I mean, Texas is ranked fourth. The highest-ranked Big 12 team behind them is K-State, and they're 15. There are, like, five teams ranked higher than anybody in the Big 12 in the Pac-12. Yeah. Is there a U.S. – Is there? A, are you bullish on a team in the Pac-12 that could run the table and compete – uh, for the conference, the the fourteen mm. playoff, or is it too tough? They're gonna knock if each I'm, other off. If I'm gonna pick one, it's gonna be, and is it this is through the conference play, right? Yeah, it'll probably be USC or Washington. I mean, those are the two best teams in the Pac-12. But they'll they'll schedules USC. I mean, I got to I see who schedules more favorable. USC's defense worries me. Washington yeah. actually may have a better overall, well-rounded team if you well, look at circle, all phases of the game. Circle these dates. Of course, USC plays uh, Colorado, Deion Sanders in Colorado in, in, in a few weeks. They also play Oregon in – uh, That's going to be it. At, uh, they're going to play um, – the, mm, That's at Husky Stadium, right? And, that's at home. But how about Washington at USC Ooh. at the L.A. Coliseum November 4th? If they survive that Oregon game Woo! and they're undefeated by then, I think they'll be undefeated when they see USC. Bullish on the Pac-12. Uh, oh, the quarterback play is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's crazy. And, and people say it's the best ever in the Pac-12. It might be the best ever in any conference. Yeah. I mean, no, how many conferences have ever been seven quarterbacks deep? <laughs> and I'm talking about three first rounders. Like, like two, three first rounders, easily. Yeah. yeah. Especially with Shadur Sanders stepping in and uh, stepping up. Yeah. Rod, what do you have in bullish or BS? Yeah, right now, Mel Kuyper's really high on Shadur Sanders. You saw that report? Yeah, well, apparently well, Mel, gosh, just watch him. It's like, oh my gosh! I think Mel Kiper has some like a top five, four prospect now at quarterback, something like that. Uh, anyway, okay, bullish or BS? Craig Bowl, the Wyoming head coach, he said this. <clears throat> so you bullish or BS on this statement? I've had a chance. Quote: I've had a chance to look at the University of Texas for thirty five years, and something, and sometime coaching against them. A lot of years coaching uh, against them. This is the best Texas football team I've seen. Ooh. I think they're as good as what's been advertised. 
a lot of the national writers have really great things to say about them. Bullish or BS. Who said that? That's the Wyoming head coach. Oh, Wyoming coach. Said this is the best Texas football team in 35 years. That would mean, yes, he's saying they're better than the 2005 national title team at Texas. Uh, I'm going to say BS for now, but they got to win a national championship for that to be true. BS? BS, BS. BS. I'm going BS too. Sorry. Sorry, Craig Bowl. I was in in the Rose Bowl (laughs) watching that team in 05. That's the best team. You got to tell me even 08, man. 08 was nasty too. I think this team may be overall more talented than 08 even. Yeah, but you got to do it. But you got to do it. That's I need right. you to do it. That's I need right. you to go out there and That's do right. it. You can't just say you're oh, more yeah. talented. There are a lot, of, a lot of teams that have been more talented. Texas has been the most talented team in the Big 12 for the last 20 years. How many Big 12 titles do they have? Not more many. talent. That's how far that'll get you. Coaching hey. matters. Culture matters. No. Development matters. All absolutely true. We'll be back. Uh, some bullish or BS. We'll talk some NFL. Who are we bullish after on after one week? And who are we already giving up on in the NFL? Is that possible? Might be the Jets, even though they won last night. What a ball game. We'll recap at the drama in New Jersey coming back. Plus more on the Longhorns climbing in the rankings and awards coming in all over the place. It's Ian Rod B on a Tuesday. On the southbound side of I-35, multiple crashes reported first near 1431 in the Round Rock area and then further north from there near Highway 29 in Georgetown. Then we have one now reported near Palmer Lane and one near 183. Now, the one near 183, we never did see an extra backup near Parma. We could have a problem there. We've got to watch that one. McKinney Falls Parkway and Burleson Road on the south side. Injury crash reported there. Also, we're checking this earlier wreck west of the Y and Oak Hill of 290. Convict Hill Road, yes, we do have a crash report. It's westbound and Airport Boulevard at Palm Road. Uh, we've got an injury crash there, too. I'm Don Butter. That's traffic. Viking Fence, a proud partner of ours here at the Horn. Honor that uh, Viking Fence Defensive Player of the Week each week. We just talked about Ethan Burke and Anthony Hill Jr. They were uh, co-winners yesterday or for us when, with their performances on Saturday night. That whole defense played outstanding. Viking Fence, that's how they are. They do it all. They cover it all. Uh, every division at Viking Fence, 50 years, locally owned and operated. They check every box. When you want to work with a fence company, you're going to pick Viking every time. They're the premier company uh, because they've been doing it so long. They're still locally owned and operated, and they – they, they have invested in every division. So if it's a wood privacy fence that you need for your home or business, uh, you've moved to town or moved or, or, or bought a business or started a business, and you need, you need fencing, whether it's a wood project, commercial or residential, or iron fence or gate or handrail, Viking does that. Also, perimeter security, we tell you about their temporary rental fence division all the time. Uh, they are the best as well. Uh, it's everything. It's, uh, it's chain link, it's gate automation, it's repairs, it's supplies, installations. Maybe you have a fence that's falling down, and you want Viking to come out and uh, refab and refurb it and get it back to where it needs to be. They'll do that as well, uh, all the way down to the building materials. If you want to do it yourself, Viking has that as well, with that big text line of lumber at Viking Fence, 837-6411.